This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 103, favorite live-action superhero television shows. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Welcome to Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, and Christianity. And I am one of three co-hosts. I am Ben Avery. And I'm normally joined by Steve MacDonald and Dr. Jace O'Neill. But Dr. Jace O'Neill is not here. We were hoping his wife would go into labor in our last episode. She did not. She waited but she has gone into labor. She has delivered the baby. I think it's a girl. Is it a girl, Steve? It's a girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's it's cute. I, I don't remember the name, but I do. I have seen the pictures on Facebook. So uh, you've already heard one voice uh, who will be talking tonight, and that is Steve. Go ahead and say hello. Hi, everybody. And we are joined by a third, third guest. This is a guest host. Although some of you may have heard his voice before, you might have heard his dulcet tones serenade your ears as he talks about sci-fi and theology over at the Sci-Fi Christian for a little while. And now you might be hearing him every once in a while talking about a little TV show called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Daniel Butcher, go ahead and... Welcome to Level 7. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong show. Wrong yeah. show. It's yeah. wrong night, wrong show. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the uh, the the third half of our show tonight. I, maybe maybe we should cut Ben out on this part of the conversation, but I I kind of feel like you know I have to share him with you. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know, I don't mean to be awkward, but he's technically mine. Are, are we? I'm sharing we, with him with you. Are we going to be able to get along? I really um, hope so, because this could get really awkward. <laughs> Like it has really quickly. <laughs> you know, Doctor Jason and I have so much bad blood. I don't think I need someone else on the show with bad blood. So <laughs> just... I'm just, I'm just thinking somewhere Ben's wife, you know, asleep or watching something that has nothing geeky to do with it is all of a sudden got a shiver down her spine and thinking, "Come on, guys, what about me?" <laughs> yeah, the the good news is she doesn't listen. So, I guess that's the good news. Yeah. Well. Oh well. One listener we could have. Now it's even more awkward. So here we are. We're with uh, Daniel Butcher. Daniel is here joining us from from the, the uh, Welcome to Level 7 studio. And I figured we were going to talk about Doctor Who. We had some uh, technical difficulties, so our other host that we were going to be doing this with could not join us. 
Rather than do Doctor Who without him, we are going to postpone that episode and we are going to talk about something else that's also something we love and enjoy. And that topic is... Agents of Sheep. Well, that's part of it. Oh, I, you know I'll talk about it. Okay. It's superhero TV shows. And we've been talking about doing this episode topic for a little while and this was something that we need something quickly that we could talk about and, and know about without a lot of preparation. And, well, here we are. And Daniel's here for your superhero TV shows. Let's do it because I know Daniel is a fan of at least two superhero TV shows. I know it. Well, there's a, a few in my background that I've enjoyed. Well, I can only guarantee two that I know. <laughs> so um, I'm sure there's others I could guess, but there's two that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt because one of them you just don't stop talking about and the other one is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, I think um, what we're going to do is first let's, uh, let's talk about some of the TV shows that are coming up that we know about because um, what was the word you used, Daniel, when you were describing – we're in a superhero renaissance. That's right the word. Television. Renaissance. There's so much of it. And one of the problems that we've had over at Welcome to Level 7, as you know, Ben, is how we're going to deal with some of this. Because yes. when we started planning last spring, it was we, we had one little show to deal with. And we thought to ourselves. And an occasional you know movie. And the occasional movie because we're like, you know, this is really all part of one thing. Even though it's on television, it's all part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And for us, as the news has come out this fall, we really – we're beginning to have to be really planful on how we're going to handle the things that are just part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's just – it's blowing up on multiple platforms. And TV is one of those places where it's going to be huge in the next few years. Yeah, huge. And – Netflix is another area, though. I mean, we've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're talking about a second possible TV series. But then this Netflix thing came along. And this was a really cool thing when it came up. And then Daniel and I started thinking about how are we going to approach this within the confines of the podcast? Because that's a lot of programming. They announced, is it a 13-episode series? Yeah, four 13-episode series plus the miniseries. Plus one four-episode miniseries. Um, now, what they've announced is Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, Power Man, and Iron Fist. Those are four individual series. They'll get 13 episodes each. And then they'll combine and join forces in a four-episode miniseries called Defenders. Uh, uh, not Heroes for Hire, which, of course... I guess I, I think makes sense. Heroes for Hire sounds like an '80s action TV show, maybe a '70s action TV show. Oh, wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be fantastic the, if they said it in the '70s or '80s? It would be. It would be because if you did it as a period piece, then it becomes a prequel, like Captain America. <laughs> you could set up things here and there about you know young Tony Stark. You could bring in Tony Stark without having Robert Downey Jr. Think about that. Hmm. Tiny Stark. Tiny Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a little tiny action hero anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, and not to be outdone. What's DC doing? 
They got to keep up with the Joneses here because they've got Arrow. They've got um, Arrow. Yesterday, they premiered the actor who's going to be playing The Flash. will probably have his own show. Right, because that was going to be a a backdoor pilot that they were going to do within Arrow. I think it was like episode 20 was going to be introducing Flash and then maybe he'd get a spinoff. But they're going straight and, and doing a pilot episode. Yeah, they, they introduced him yesterday, which I haven't seen yet, but they're going straight to pilot. So, and then there's Gotham. And then there's Gotham. Which is Batman without Batman. <laughs> well, it's it's young Commissioner Gordon. And I've heard some things. Now, spoilers for 30 seconds here if you don't want to hear this. I've heard that his first case in the series is going to be investigating the death of two certain people who were murdered in an alley. Robin? Is it Robin? No. Oh. It's the Kents. Not the Kents. The <laughs> the, the murder of pa, Ma and Pa Kent from Spoiler. Smallville. Um, for some reason, he's he's going there from Gotham to investigate. No, the Waynes. Like they're they're talking about that being his first case. So interesting. Uh, it, it ties it into the Batman thing. It becomes a prequel to whatever Batman is happening at the time. Uh, and then Our Man. Have you heard a bunch about Iron Our Man? No. And some of the things that I'm hearing about Our Man, it sounds like they're combining the Our Man concept with the medicine, with maybe like a Dial H. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, because the Our Man concept, <laughs> the the original Our Man concept is, dude takes a drug that gives him powers for an hour. It's like underdog super energy pill. It is. It is. Um, which for a modern audience isn't necessarily going to fly so well. But then they're also talking about how like you, you get this chemical and it it kind of draws out from you whatever is inside you, kind of like the super soldier serum for Captain America and Red Skull in the Captain America movie um, and gives you powers based on that kind of thing. And then lots and lots of people are going to be getting powers. And so it sounds like it's going to be a monster of the week or a new character of the week kind of thing. And then – there's the news of the development of Young Justice. Have either of you guys seen this or heard well, this? It, I've heard this uh, this last week, and I'm going to just <laughs> say this right now. Young Justice was a fantastic animated series, and I think it was a horrible thing for the Cartoon Network to cancel it because I, it was it was a very well written series, well animated. And to be honest, the way I felt about it is they went for something that they could do cheaper and re- release a new generation of toys. That was a great series. It was bold. At one point, I don't know if you guys have seen the animated series. Mm-hmm. At one point, they were telling a story. And then you came to the next episode and they literally jumped it forward um, a few years. So your original Robin, for example, um, was Grayson. And then you come back, and it's Tim Drake. Wow! And Grayson is now Nightwing. And it was it was it was bold. They added new heroes all of a sudden. You, you saw your characters pretty much in one week grow up your main core, and it, it was a great bold show. And uh, Cartoon Cartoon Network just handled it horribly. And when you you look back at that show, you look at the writing of that show, the things that they did, you know. You could put together a really good character-driven show with Young Justice. You really could. You could also put together a teen drama with lots and lots of um, 
romance and bed hopping and um, let's hope that. Just like when the king of Atlantis comes to New York City. <laughs> That's what they're talking about is, is a CW uh, teen angst drama, 90210, One Tree Hill uh, type of, of TV show, which honestly would work. I mean that's not my type of programming, but yeah, the concept amazing. fits the idea. I mean X-Men could also work in that way if, if you want. I mean they're just – they're teenagers with powers and – and problems. New mutants. Yeah. I mean the CW style teen drama is – it works with a lot of superhero things. So, Well, and I, and I know Steve would never listen to this. Um, but I do listen to Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman mostly because I enjoy listening to it when he brings in the creators. Does he but only he talk ha- about anything that's not Batman? He only ta- – on that show, he only talks about Batman. And he, at time, a few episodes ago, he had Paul Dini in there. And the two of them sat down and they basically took the Batman mythos and then added the CW, CW formula to it. And at one point, they're like, we got to call Jeff Johns because this is a pitch. And when you listen to it, it was like, this makes a lot of sense because <laughs> you could take the Batman story, sprinkle in the CW formula and, and orchestrated music that's timed perfectly, and you could do a, a four-season uh, show, if not longer. Well, I mean, they did it with Superman. Yeah. And that worked for ten seasons. Yeah. Okay, so that's the stuff that's coming up. What's What about stuff that's on right now? So right now we have a little show called Arrow on the CW. Not quite a teen drama, but it gets close. It gets close. Well, and I'd say it's definitely it's definitely the CW formula with uh, pretty people and music and lots and lots of drama. <laughs> and drama not in the sense of I'm Hamlet, but drama in the sense of she said, he said. Yeah, drama in the sense of um, <laughs> of Joey on Friends when he was on a soap opera and he'd do the who farted face. <laughs> that oh. okay any dramatic moment where they're holding the camera on you you just have to kind of do the oh who passed <laughs> uh yeah I'll, I'll say though i liked arrow at the beginning i kind of fell off at the at the end I've, I've gotten back into it because of another podcast um that's out there one of that one half of that team is a stranger slash alien it's true it's true we need to have him on soon too uh but yeah it's uh bj mccallareth who, if you've not listened to Green Screen Podcast, you probably haven't heard him. And Kobe Radcliffe. Kobe. Who is, yeah, he is. We, I, I don't know if we technically can lay claim to him anymore, though, since we never paid up when we bought him. Yeah, they, they have not sent me at the address to send the Secret War to issues. Um, so as soon as they do that, they are gone. But Kobe himself has come on. Yes. And he he was you know he did take part so um, he'll always be one of us. It's called the Green Screen Podcast, and they talk about Arrow and everything else. But they do a pretty good job, and you know this is BJ's first podcast ever, and this is Kobe's first headlining of a podcast. And yeah, I mean if you like Arrow, you'll like the show for sure. 
because they're they're kind of theorizing and they're talking about you know that, what's happening with the characters and what they want to see happen with the characters and stuff. So, so that's the green screen podcast, and it's about Arrow. But uh, uh, Steve, have you watched Arrow at all? You know, I watched the first episode and was not impressed. Well, so I did not follow up and watch any of the others. It doesn't surprise me, considering when I first watched the first couple episodes, I thought this feels like. Batman Begins. <laughs> this feels like a network version of of the Nolan Batman movies. And I know we're not talking about Arrow yet, but I do feel you're right. I mean, because a lot of the times when you, you look at some of the rogues that Arrow has collected or some of the backstory, it is a Batman villain or um, it feels like, hey, this is Batman Be- Batman Returns or Batman Begins. Um so yeah, I think you're 100% right. There's a lot of it where it feels like they're trying to capture on the Nolan verse. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and the other and that's not and a bad other, thing. No, and the other thing that I've noticed lately is like the last 3 4 episodes, I feel like they've been trying to find every sort of DC mythos that they can and then let's <laughs> find a way to shove it in. Yeah, there is that feeling of okay, I wonder if they have like a, a notepad where they've written down as many things as they can and they just have have like a, their DC representative and like, okay, can we use this guy? No. Okay. How about this guy? No. Okay. How about League of Assassins? Well, that was in the movies, so we're not going to use them anytime soon. Okay. We can use that one. <laughs> nice. Um, it, can, has anybody around here used Amanda Waller? No. Okay. Can we have her? Yeah. She didn't – she wasn't in Man of Steel? Are you sure? She should have been. Okay. Never mind. If we can have her. Uh, not that but we want her. We don't want her. Nobody wants her, but we're going to take her. Yes. You can have the young, new 52 version of her. <laughs> young All-Stars. Can we use Young All-Stars? It reminds me of how we used to play action figures. And it wasn't that we would divide up by teams and one of us would take bad guys, one would take good guys. We just put them all in a pile and we just take turns picking one, doing our draft. You know, and then, and then that was our teams. And it didn't matter. Good guys, bad guys, we fought each other. But, but here's here's my question on that because I'm assuming you guys watch more Smallville than I did. Yeah, I feel like Smallville, when it came to like the DC universe, was very very careful and controlled with a lot of the things that they did. And so when Aquaman showed up on Smallville, it was almost like a news event. It really was. Where with Arrow, it's like okay, let's put in Ivo, and we're going to name the boat. Um, Amazo, and and I'll be honest. When I sat down the first time, and I realized that the guy that he was on the island with was Deathstroke, I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, that's a major DC character, and he's sidelined in these flashbacks on an island. Yeah, except that they're not using the headliners on Arrow, except for Flash. Now they're they're bringing well, Flash, and that is news for bringing Flash in. Uh, let's have Steve break this tie. Steve is Deathstroke a headliner? I'm going to argue he's carried his own book at times, but he's not a headliner. So Steve, you are not Steve. No, I, I don't think he's a headliner. Um, uh, I win. He's 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 a major. I mean, it would be the same thing as um, you know our our Birds of Prey headliners. No, you know they carried their own book. They had their own TV show, but they're not headliners. So Deathstroke. Very influential, huge part of the DC universe, but not a headliner. Like Mr. Sinister, you know, in the X-Men universe. He's huge. He's, he has a 
perfect place for him in there and all that stuff and weaseled him into all these different but he's not a headliner I will admit, and this is something Ben doesn't like about me, I do have a soft spot for mercenaries with the name Wilson. Yeah, that's something I do not like. Yeah. Yeah. So almost a deal breaker. Almost. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the at Smallville's characters, and you're right. They did bring in very carefully and very much spaced out. And villains of the week were brand new, except for Lex Luthor. And then, okay, now Cyborg is here. And then, okay, now Kid Flash or whoever he was supposed to be is here. And now Just Aquaman. And and then they brought in Green Arrow. And you ended up with a world's finest type of relationship with Green Arrow and, and Clark Kent. It really was Batman. I mean he, he felt like Batman. They treated yeah. him as if he was Batman in a lot of ways uh, because they couldn't bring – bring bruce wayne in but it was a special thing when they were bringing one of those characters and it's not on, on arrow it's here they are they stuck to the wall okay they're done they're good nice so um so i think that's enough about arrow but uh what else is on on these days currently that has to do with superheroes trying to think um i think there might be something on tuesday nights that steve watches steve uh you got anything tuesday night. the goldbergs but yeah it's the goldbergs they're they're my superhero team no not at all <laughs> uh, agents of shield oh yeah a little yeah you know someone should do a podcast about that show I don't know if it's podcast worthy. They'd have to get like two really good hosts and really just knock yeah, it out of the park. Yeah. I don't know who they'd get. Or, or they could just get two guys who would just get the job done. <laughs> and, and Either way. Have zero charisma, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nice. Too close to home. Yeah. Too close. Sorry. So, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on right now, and that's obviously riding the wave of the Avengers. And writing the goodwill of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, and a lot of in, in a lot of the same way that Arrow was writing the the goodwill from the Nolan Batman movies, I think. Yeah, um, and it's out there. It's kind of doing the opposite though, as, as Arrow. Arrow, it feels like every episode they're uncovering some little minor DC character, and uh, Agents of Shield, not so much. Well, it's interesting because in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they will seed things in there, and it's kind of sly. Like um, in the first episode, um, someone is, is talking about uh, you know different things, and, and she says, you know, Project Pegasus, which is uh, a uh, basically a miniseries. I think it was inside the uh, uh, Defenders or Marvel 2-in-1 or something like that. I think it was Marvel 2-in-1, but... It also was in the Avengers movie, right? Is really right, mm-hmm. Daniel? Yeah. yeah, it's at the beginning of Avengers. It's the place that goes boom, boom. Oh, okay, and, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. when you talk about seeding stuff, have you read? I know you've read a lot of Marvel, Steve, but have you read the Ultimate Anything in the Ultimate Universe? I don't really like the Ultimate Universe. No, 
So, so in the Ultimate Universe, Shield's headquarters, and I'm going to mispronounce it, is called the Triliscoron. Oh man, that was Triskillian. <laughs> Triskillian. Thank you. Woo. Thank you, Ben. Um, and and they've actually slipped that into an episode. Um, okay. Where? You well, know, you should really see that. Apparently, though, that's a big set piece for Winter Soldier. Triskillian is. Oh, and I could easily believe it. I mean, when you see those scenes and you see the big helicarriers, I mean, you could easily see those docked to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. They, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're kind of taking their, they're holding a little closer to the vest. In fact, in the first episode, the main antagonist, the, who you think is the bad guy, he's actually got the name of a Marvel character, but it's completely accidental. <laughs> it's some random guy who appeared with um oh, I can't remember the character's name but he's like the friend of a character from an X-Men book. What's uh, the guy's name again? His name was Mike Peterson. Mike Peterson. But he's like he was in two or three issues where he was friends with a character from one of the <laughs> X-Books in the 90s. And <laughs> so totally accidental. It's just the Marvel universe is so big that if you use any name you can probably make a connection. Yeah, I think one of the big differences, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, between what Marvel's doing on TV today and what DC's doing on TV today is DC is really – they're rolling out characters that a lot of times people know who they are and they've heard and they're in the books and they're supporting material coming out you know, every month in issues. Marvel, when you look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., when you think about it, you've got one character that came out of the, the, out of the movies and became a fan favorite. Everybody else on a weekly basis is really not even close to being – I mean none of them are in the comics. There's none no of Fitzsimmons. them. It's a completely new team. So when they sprinkle in something from the Marvel 616, it does feel like a little bit bigger of a deal. And I, I know that Ben and I have talked a lot about Graviton, which who would have mm-hmm. ever guessed that we would have talked about Graviton? Um, <laughs> because all my, all my goodness, they, they put somebody in from the comics. Yeah. And I do wonder, I mean, this is something we've talked about before on, on the other podcasts, but um, why they didn't just go ahead and say, okay, we need a scientist. Well, this character was a scientist. Okay, we'll use that one. I mean, you could easily, I believe, easily take the characters they have right now. Don't even change the backstory of those characters. Don't even worry about changing the personalities of those characters. You could find a Marvel cipher for these characters. Cipher the right word? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, well, I think it works. Okay. Well, you could find someone from the Marvel Universe who could be those characters. And so instead of um, instead of Agent Ward, it could be Agent so-and-so who appeared in this run of Nick Fury. You know, And the same with Melinda May. And I'm curious why they didn't go ahead and do that unless maybe it's a right – You know, everybody who listens to Welcome to Level 7 knows that I want to see Taskmaster – show up but i want to know who steve wants to see show up on tuesday nights i know who i want to see show up on tuesday nights <laughs> who do you want to see uh the great lakes avengers i want to see mr immortal i want to see big bertha i want to see doorman i want to see Flatman. i want to see dinosaur nice. squirrel girl i could i could take her leave but uh, the originals i've already crafted the fan fiction in my mind of well, how they steve, would come why steve thinks i think i'm i'm contractually obligated to do the following yeah (sighs) (laughs) 
I like the 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 West the uh, Great, Great Lakes. Lakes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as as originally, you know, introduced, they they became like just more of a laughable, stupid joke later on. But at the beginning, I mean, it was these genuine characters who want to do a good thing. They were laughable characters in some ways, but they were earnest. Yeah. And yeah. That's what you liked about them, their earnestness. And, you know, it's uh, in one of them, you see the cover of West Coast Avengers and it's, it's them. It's the Great Lakes Avengers on the cover. And they're, you know, in all the poses and all the, doing the right, you know, things and everything with their hands and feet. And, and shouting, Great Lakes Avengers yeah. assemble. Yeah. But so I want to see them. Maybe season two. We'll see. Maybe season two. What, what I'm interested in seeing is, um, or what I'd like to see, and I think, um, I haven't seen this week's episode. Uh, so I think this is sort of like them saying, hey, this is what we're building towards, um, is them to keep introducing characters. And, you know, some of them, like Scorch, they're, they're probably not going to, you know, make it to a second episode. But some of them, you know, they're, they're going to be there. And then eventually they'll have enough that they can, like, spin off a team of superheroes. And, you know, they, they might be some from the actual Marvel Universe. There might be some just from the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe or the Inner Cinematic Universe. And just all, you know, brand new ones. It could be either way. Uh, you know, a good mix would be fine. But even if they did all original ones, I mean, you're seeing the generate the, the, the genesis of, of these characters. Um, and it'll be really interesting how they keep bringing those characters in. So I don't know if I'm looking for anyone in particular. I'm just sort of like fascinated by what they are doing and how they are bringing those characters in. It would be cool in a similar way to Scorch for them to bring in one or two characters who it's not their origin story. They've just been out there doing this. Right. You know? And and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they know about, I don't know, Dazzler or something. I guess they couldn't use Dazzler because she's a, a mutant X-Men character. But, you know, they know, okay, that person over there, they keep doing super stuff, but we've got our eye on them. And they're every once in a while, we need them and we call on them. And, and so – because Scorch had a handler. That was the cool thing about Scorch was he was a character who had superpowers uh, – and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were aware of him, and so he had a S.H.I.E.L.D. handler, which was kind of a, a cool little concept there. You know, though, but you're exactly – there's openings for that, and you're right. Um, Steve and I, when we were getting ready tonight, we were laughing and joking because one of the things that I said I couldn't do tonight because I was so tired was read a Wolverine comic book. And we all know how sophisticated they are. Um, but thanks to you – I've had to. I've picked up Wolverine and the X Men so that I could review it on our website. And when you say Dazzler, it instantly clicks to my head. Um, one of the the things that they're doing in this issue of Wolverine and the X Men number thirty eight is they have Dazzler as an agent of Shield. Yeah, yeah. And and you easily when you take what they've established on the show with the with the power protocols and the list. Is it the list? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, they've got that registry of super things. And weird things. You could easily say, well, maybe some of those people that are on the list work for S.H.I.E.L.D. And then when you're introduced to them by Coulson, you don't do an origin. You just bring them in. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think th- I'd like to see them do that. Um, and yeah, Dazzler, she's like the mutant liaison for S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she showed up in an X-Men comic that I was, I've was i been reading, the uh, all-new X-Men, which was surprising for me to see. Oh, Dazzler. I love Dazzler as a concept. Um, <laughs> I haven't read her series, but my comic shop has the essential Dazzler on their shelf. For some reason, it hasn't gone anywhere yet. And so I keep thinking about buying it and keep not actually doing it. But So here's what we're going to do next then. We've talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've talked about Arrow. So we've talked about some of the things that are on right now. Uh, I'd like us to kind of delve into the past, look at some of the live action superhero stuff from the past. Um, and when I say from the past, I mean it's not currently running. And maybe look at some of our, our like our top three favorites of those and maybe look at our, our bottom, maybe just some of the stinkers that we just don't like. It doesn't have to be comic book. It's superheroes, right? Superheroes, yeah. Okay. So, Steve, why don't you go ahead and start with, um, I don't know, what's what's uh, one of your top three favorite superhero shows from the past? One of my top three. Well, Jury is still out on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., although I am enjoying it. Um, but you never know where it's going to go. Um, I think I'll, I'll go with an easy one and, and probably um, this will... This is sort of like my, my tribute to Jace, Dr. Jace, because I usually take something that, that he was about to say, and I think Daniel is probably going to have the same reaction when I say the tick. Okay. Oh, that is a great poll. Yeah. Um, just a fantastic spoof and satire. Um, just the way they took existing heroes and just twisted them, made them still fun and funny and uh, for the cartoon anyway it was it was clean humor you could always share it with your kids um and just laugh and laugh i mean so many funny things uh how they uh reinvented it for the live action show um was interesting and a little bit more adult because it's you know it's prime time or whatever it was and then you know it was uh, a little bit more adult humor but still interesting how they took those characters and had to um, uh, make them the characters that we saw on the live action show. Like in the cartoon, we had Deflator Mouse, which was the Batman character. And for whatever reasons, you know, probably um, a copyright reasons, they couldn't use it. So instead of Deflator Mouse, they had Batmanuel. <laughs> you know, this... Uh, this his Hispanic character who's, you know, he dresses sort of like a bat and instead of Batman, it's Batman. Well, um, so they, they did little twists like that on it. And it, it's not the, the same as the cartoon. It's different enough that you can, uh, you know, enjoy it on a different level. But uh, like that cartoon. Wow. That was uh, hilarious. Uh, the live action show I was able to convince my wife to watch though, because of the guy who played tick. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his real name, but Putty from Seinfeld. Patrick Warburg. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, man, the man should be a Disney legend. It really is a – it's Seinfeld superheroes. I mean <laughs> if you really kind of look at the way they structure things. and A little bit, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Daniel, how about you? One of your favorites. Well, Steve did pull one off my list. Okay. So 
since you've already hinted at the fact that I'm a big fan of two of them, and we've already talked about one, so we'll, let's not talk about that one anymore, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. The other one that I'm a huge fan of, um, despite how it's been lambasted recently, is Heroes. Lois and Clark. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, why'd you do that? Heroes? Heroes. I loved Heroes. Oh. Steve, careful, man. So, so, so let's, let's take a minute, Steve, and then let me explain why. And, and I may partially get you to say it's okay for Daniel to like heroes. Let me tell you this story first. Go ahead, Daniel. Because I may partially win you over. Is it the so, story of heroes? Because I don't want to hear that. No, one. it is not okay. the story of heroes. All right, then go, go ahead. So at the time that Heroes premiered, I didn't actually see it the night it came on. I saw it online, and I thought it was nice enough. And my wife and I uh, later watched it online together, which is one of the few shows I, we've ever watched online together. And she thought, you know, hey, it's also worth a second look. Um, but by the time the third episode had come around, what we had discovered is my wife and I were serving in youth ministry at the time, and all of our kids were watching it. And so what we did is instead of us all watching it alone in our homes, because the youth group that I was uh, working with was spread out over actually four different school districts, we actually met at the church offices and we would project the show up on the wall and we would all watch it together and, and the youth would bring in, you know, candy and brownies and we, we had a great time. But the, thing, the great thing about Heroes, regardless of how you feel about the plot, is it gave us so much to talk about because a lot of what's going on in Heroes has to do with purpose and connection. So every time you'd hit a commercial on Heroes, we'd mute it so that we didn't have to watch the uh, commercial for Howie Mandel's briefcase show. Um, (laughs) And we would have a good three, four minutes of conversation that usually focused around themes of purpose and connection and how everyone is worthwhile, everyone has been created for God for a certain thing. And, and to be honest, I don't think Tim Kring necessarily saw Heroes as being a theological show. Um, but it was a show that as a youth pastor at the time, I was able to easily turn on its head. And that's really the thing that I love about superhero stories and concepts is your ability to use them to help teach a greater truth. Because usually, a lot of times, unless it is something like Deadpool and he's just shooting people for random reasons, though there is some depth at times at Deadpool, Hmm. um, usually with those sorts of stories, they're still speaking to some sort of primal truth. And I think we kind of know where those are coming from. So that's one of the big reasons that I love Heroes is because, especially back in that time period, it was a great teaching tool for me. Other than the fact, again, I really, really enjoy Heroes. I do. I'm that guy. What um, do you enjoy I, about it, though? Seriously. I, I, I loved the characters. I loved the fact that, for me at the time, it was a comic book on TV. So the things that were poor pot, plot devices, the things that created problems, to be honest, Steve, you've read a lot of comic books. You've seen the exact same thing happen in comics. Yes, and I don't like those comic books for just that reason. This is one show, and this was, this was the one that I was going to choose for my, my most hated because it fell so flat on so many different levels. I, I watched it, and I poured over 
the episodes. I would watch them multiple times. I was listening to podcasts. I never listened to podcasts at the time. I found podcasts on this, and I would listen to multiple podcasts about heroes. I, I would uh, go online and, and look at the, the comic books. I would research, you know, oh, what is, what's Uluru? You know, what, what are all these things? And try to understand, like, the deeper mythos and all this stuff. And as I kept watching it, I kept realizing there's different writers for almost every show. So someone will lay some plot clues in one show and the next person will forget about them or not want to use them or whatever. And they're gone. I mean, in the first episode, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the dog drinks, um, or eats, I don't know, something, but the blood of, of one of the characters and, it's obviously set up because there's something that's going to happen with this dog. And does that ever happen again? Not in the first series. I have no idea. And the first series was a perfect example of how much it failed, the way it ended, where they had this character that was going to explode. And the only character that could do anything about it was his brother who didn't he steal the, 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 the powers of something? He, he could have flown up and, and exploded himself. And then after all of that, and they give the, the teenage girl, the cheerleader, the gun to shoot him. If anything goes wrong, you shoot me. Here, teenage cheerleader girl, here's a gun. It was just horrible, horrible, horrible. And then to top it all off, in the aftermath, when they see one of their friends fly, the, the, that friend's brother up into the heavens when it didn't need to happen and explode. And nobody is watching Siler. And he slinks away. And at that point, I said, this is a massive failure. I, I, I have to give a little caveat because what happened in the middle of the season was the writer's strike. No, that was season, that's two. season two. That's season, season two. Well, there was something that this is what happened. Cut that part. What happened in the was it Keep was it. it was greenlit for I think uh, eleven episodes. So they had this plot arc that was going to end in eleven episodes, and then it was greenlit for a full season. So they had all these things that were going to happen, and now some of them might have happened or they didn't or whatever, and you could tell that there was this big dispersion. There was a, excuse me, a character named Eden in the first series, and it was this huge buildup with this character and a romance with another character. And outside the show, plot, um, uh, money discussions broke down with that character. So instead of the normal progression where this character was obviously going, they killed her off. And things like that happened throughout the whole series there was these some writers would put in these little spiritual things where you're like you know you're almost getting this this like a glimpse of a biblical application for this whole thing and then in the next one it just completely glossed over that doesn't make that you know that writer didn't want to use that so that's gone and it was just like time after time after time and about halfway through the season of the show that I wanted to like. I wanted to love it. I dug into it. I did my best. 
to really grab a hold of this and, and go in for the long run. I was like, no, I, I couldn't, no, no. It, and I understand that you could use it for your spiritual applications for your group and stuff like that. But the thing is, I would argue you could have used Battlefield Earth for those same discussions. Oh, Steve. You could you have. have. You went there. No, you don't have to watch Battlefield Earth because it's you, a horrible, awesomely bad movie of all time. You went there. The thing is, yes, because you can use anything to jump off conversations about this stuff. You I can wonder use how anything. you really feel, Steve. <laughs> well, I, I have a friend who doesn't listen to this show, so I can sort of get into this. And he will defend... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons and I'm not saying it's good or bad I think there's some good parts to it but it, it fails uh, in a couple of areas that make me not want to play it but he defends it to people saying it's a good thing because the group of players he was playing with before he was a Christian were Christians and because he was playing that game with them he was influenced to become a Christian so um, I was thinking it over and I'm like but you could have been playing Monopoly. You could have been playing Rock, Paper, Scissors. And it doesn't make that thing a good thing just because it led you to a good thing. Oh, I man. Really, you, uh, because it didn't <laughs> warn me. He was a hot mess. I, oh. It did not warn me at all. <sighs> uh, I, have, I have very strong feelings about the show. Yeah, it's very well, and, evident. And so, but, but so does Daniel. So. Yeah, and so everything that you <laughs> said, there's a bunch of good stuff in there. But a lot of the time you were talking, there was uh, when you were talking about the story, I had fingers in my ears going, la, 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 la. But are you ready for me to get actually be objective and fair to the show? Go ahead. You make a great point about Siler because the original, point, the original plan was Siler was supposed to be dead. And he was done and then the next season was supposed to be a big bad. A different big bad, totally. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that's the downfall, even before the writer's strike, is that they did not have um, the fortitude to write off a character and an actor that they liked. Mm-hmm. And that, that created a season two when you combine the writer's strike with a lack of clear vision that began to really kind of be the downfall. And then after that, because their ratings were going down and their critical acclaim was going down, then they – they were doing all this test and adjust. And so you never knew by season yeah. three and four exactly where they were going. So it was it, as much as I love the show, I'm still willing to be objective and say because of things that were going on production wise, because of showrunner issues, that it became very weirdish. And that's the type of thing that you love? I love the I love heroes. I didn't say anything bad about it, Steve. I don't know what you're talking about. You just you were talking about the, the, no, the I don't know what issues and the problems. You there, just there, mentioned there was no issues. You were talking about the showrunner issues. I never, I never said anything about a showrunner. No, I never said anything bad about heroes. I never would. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to leave it there. <laughs> because here's the thing, Steve. You can um, get Daniel to speak objectively about heroes but he's never going to say that he or admit that he said anything bad about heroes even if he does say something bad about it he will deny it yes even though it's, it's recorded he'll he'll deny that he said it and he won't hear it when when he plays back the episode yeah got it okay okay all right so 
Oh, man. Okay, so uh, where were we, though? It's you. We're talking about the worst TV show. Are we still on the th- – we're still on, <laughs> on number three of <laughs> – Yeah, you haven't given us your – I haven't given any. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with um, something with the nostalgia factor uh, as far as favorite superhero stuff. Um, let's go nostalgic right now. We're going to go old school. And I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Nice. Wait. It gets better, Steve. <laughs> on Electric Company. Oh, wow. Okay. That, ooh. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. What, what, Spidey as... Superstory. Nobody yeah. knows who you are. Spider-Man. Where are you coming from, coming Spider-Man? From Spider-Man. Nobody, knows, Nobody who you knows who you are. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal with that. Um, You know, it was, it was cool because it was just cool to see my guy, Spider-Man, yeah. you know, in the flesh, so to speak, even though he never said a word. I mean, he's on Electric Company. He's there for some educational little little portion, little bit. Um, he doesn't talk. He just kind of does a lot of very herky-jerky rhythmic movement, you know, here and there. And, you know, he's very fast and da-da-da. Um, it's almost like a mime found the super the, the Spider-Man suit. Exactly. Then, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, a mime who likes to move in very quick, short movements. Yeah. Um, and, and broad movements. And, uh, yeah. So I, 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 that's definitely nostalgia speaking. Um, I don't know how good it was. I haven't seen it literally in perhaps three and a half decades. <laughs> so, but I do look back on it. And the other thing was I used to get the electric company magazine and they had Spider-Man comics in there. Yep. And that was pretty cool too. Yeah, so Electric Company, Spider-Man, and... That's old school, man. That's old, old school. We'll get a little new school here in a moment, because I know some people have uh, taken issue with the fact that we're all old fogies on this <laughs> on this show. Um, but we talked about a cool CW show filled with properly yeah. timed music. Yeah, yeah. We might talk about another one, maybe. We'll see. Uh, Daniel, uh, a second favorite Live action superhero TV show. Don't say heroes again. I'm glad you skipped over Steve just in case he stole my second one because he did steal my first one. You are a guest, so Uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what that would have been on my list. But the good thing is, I think we're kind of doing flexible liquid lists here, so that if someone takes ours, we'll just kind of grab something else. But um, because he would be on my list too. Um. And three. I mean, it, it, I was young. Um, it was Formula TV, so as a youngster, I knew what was going to happen. But I also, I always knew he was in the white hat, even though he was misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as you know, one of my favorite moments from that uh, the the Hulk movies is the Lou Ferrigno cameos, almost more than the Hulk. Uh, yeah, I mean the Stan Lee cameos. Uh, and and I mean it was you know basic formulaic TV. He went to town, helped somebody out. He was a good guy. He did good, which I think was one of the reasons why my parents let me watch it, even though there was a giant green rage monster. He was yeah. still a, a good guy. Yeah. I I always felt really grown up watching that show because my cousin, who was two years older than me, he couldn't watch it because well he'd watch until. Um, until he'd hulk out and then he'd leave the room cause he was scared, but I could make it through and watch the whole thing. 
Big boy. I was a big boy. I wore big boy pants. <laughs> were they purple pants? <laughs> yes. What I liked about it was because it was formulaic, you didn't have to watch every episode. <laughs> Unlike most most yeah. uh, sci-fi TV shows today, well, you had to see – you have to see every episode today. But back then, you could watch one, skip a month, come back to it. You know exactly what you're going to get. Yep. Nothing's going to change. Yep. I mean, they they did have uh, what's his name, Jack, um, the, the reporter. reporter, yeah, who would be following him around. For some episodes, a, not every episode, of, but it was a couple of seasons, and then they had some sort of a, um, a, a resolution to it, didn't they? No, they didn't. I thought they, I thought they resolved it. No, he uh, was. Well, when you say resolve it, I mean there were the three TV movies, but that character wasn't resolved. Oh, okay. I see what the saying. the reporter yeah. character. Um, at least not that I remember. Now we're going to be watching these TV movies probably this summer, Daniel, for uh, Welcome to Level Seven. Cool. I'm but, actually really excited about that. Yeah, um, because that's where we also got introduced to a live action Daredevil and Thor and Thor. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, live action Thor. Go. He was he was quite the gentleman. And he, and he now appears on the Disney Channel as a father. Yeah, I wouldn't know about that. Is it the same guy? He no, he's on uh he's on some teeny bop. Good luck, Charlie. Good luck, Charlie. Wow. Or is that? A- but you know, the thing is, is when you think about it, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's been a working actor since that time, and he's a face that you recognize when you see him on shows. Is usually the 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 next door neighbor nice guy. But he's been con- he's been constantly acting, even though. Most of us don't know his name. Yeah, Thor? he's yep. He's just one of those guys. Wow. Does the job, does it well, has a good look, has a good a talent set. So, um, very cool. What else to say about Incredible Hulk? The piano music. Yep, the end. Ooh, hey, yeah. since we're talking about Incredible Hulk, I could maybe play my Incredible Hulk song at the end of this episode. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do that. But um. Yeah, the, the piano music at the end always made me feel sad. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I'll still see little sections of road, and I'll just get melancholy. Yeah. Because it'll make me remember watching um, David Banner walking yeah. with his backpack slung over his shoulder. They couldn't call him. Thumb. They couldn't call him Bruce because everyone would think he's Australian. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good pick, Daniel. Good one. That's yeah. a great pick. And I some of those I, episodes still hold up today. I was going to pick that one over this one, but since you picked that one, I'll pick this one. It's all and liquid, is, man. What is it? It's all liquid. Yeah, it's liquid. This one is is uh, definitely the type of thing where if you wanted to, you could say, "So you don't like heroes, but you like this," because it. It was like a constant failure. Um, greatest American Hero. Um, there were so many little things that went wrong with it. Uh, his his name was Hinckley in the first series, and then uh, someone named Hinckley tries to assassinate the president. So, you know, somewhere over the course of the the summer layoff, he changed his last name to Hanley, and you know, just him never finding the book or when he does find the book, it, it always gets lost again and things like that. It was, it was, but the thing is it was nostalgic to me because when I was growing up, we had 
the Superman movie, and then like this dearth of superheroes on TV or movies until like Batman. And this was this was one. And it had that that iconic song, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. And just had that feel like this could be this could be me. You know, UFOs could find me and give me a book in a suit. <laughs> it could happen to anyone. But I mean that that was the dream. It was the everyman. Yeah. The everyman and any man. Yep. Yeah, because if Su- Superman is when you're looking at someone and saying, I want to be Christopher Reeve, you know, <laughs> that's someone I want to – I look up to and I want to emulate. And then Ralph is who you actually would be probably. <laughs> like if you actually did have those powers, you'd be like yeah. flopping around and slamming into walls. and With the hair. Yeah. Oh, the hair. <laughs> and then they tried to do a spinoff, Greatest American Heroine. Yeah, I have never seen that. It was a television movie, and then they included it in the syndication package as a two-part episode. Mm-hmm. But I never did see it because nope. it, Ralph was in it. But Ralph didn't he get like punished? They wouldn't let him wear the suit. You know, I don't think I saw it either. So it's on the DVD set, but I've never gotten around to buying it. Uh, yeah, it's got the DVD set, even though it's super cheap. <laughs> yeah, and it failed at the end of it. Because, you know, you finally get to see the, the Mars, the UFO and the aliens and stuff. And it just, it was just, it just sucked the special out of it. So afterwards, you were just sort of like, this is a failed concept. But going through it at the time, it was fun. So, you know, the really, the really sad thing is I can remember watching the pilot in the first few episodes. But is this a show that might have moved around a few times? Because, again, when this came out in the 80s, it wasn't like you could just record it. So right. I don't really re- remember the end of it. And I don't know if it's because I lost interest or if because it may have just been put up against something else. And I just never had a chance to finish it. Yeah, it lasted four seasons. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. See, if, and if, if you had asked me how long it lasted, I would have said two. Well, Just I'm, off the top I'm pretty head. sure it's four because I think I've seen that many DVD sets. It might actually be fewer if they like split the seasons in half or something like that. But I think that that's what I remember seeing. So. Yeah, I think it, it, it might have. I think it was like maybe one, uh, like one full season, and then like one mostly full season, and then like two half seasons or something like that. I don't know. I'm gonna have to check that. All right, so where this this comes back around to me then? I think so. Yeah, um, I'm looking and I'm thinking because now Incredible Hulk is off. The, and I mean, you both took ones that would have been on my list, but the whole idea here is to get a chance to talk about these shows. So it doesn't. I mean, it's Liquid List, right? Um, three seasons, by the way. Three, three seasons. seasons. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go with. I want to do something newer because I don't want people to accuse me of just being a Generation Xer. Um, Misfits of Science, though, I'm going to go with that. Nice. And and here's the thing about Misfits of Science is I remember watching the episodes, but I remember nothing about them. <laughs> um, I remember more about like the beginning credits than I do about the actual series. Right. But it was fun because it was again during that time in the 80s where you're kind of in between Superman movies 
and there's really nothing else for you. And this is basically, you know, your X Men type of thing where you have a scientist guy, uh, actually two scientists, but one has powers, and then you have um, Courtney Cox who has telekinesis powers, and then you have this uh, cool guy with a leather jacket who has electric powers. Mm-hmm. And I remember certain scenes. I remember they were running on the beach and she used her – or it was just like at the end of the episode where they're going to do the, the funny joke at the end of every hour <laughs> episode. She uses her powers to knock someone down as he's running on the beach and then he uses his powers to electrify the water. You know, So they play a prank. Yeah. Oh, and, and I remember one – the one scientist who could shrink, um, he – he would shrink and then he would buy Ken doll clothes yeah. to wear. And and so he'd shrink and you'd see like his lab jacket and then he'd kind of walk out from under his lab jacket wearing those clothes, which is kind of cool because they're kind of thinking through the power usage and it's not like Fantastic Four where it's unstable, unstable molecules that shrinks down with you. But he had to actually put clothes on. And one time they were trapped in a bank vault or something. I don't know. He shrinks down and he comes walking he's comes walking out and he's wearing clothes from the Michael Jackson twelve inch doll. <laughs> and so he walks out, he's got the sequin jacket. He has the the glove on one hand. I mean he's just straight up Michael Jackson. You know, he walks out and he's just like, this is all they had on the in the toy rack. <laughs> and um but it was it was goofy. It, I don't even know if it lasted a full season. Um but it was just like I said, one of those things where it kind of hit the moment, and okay, it's there, and we'll watch it and we'll enjoy it, and and then we'll eventually get to Batman and Superman four, which there's a nice dichotomy for you, but yeah, yeah. All right, so last one. This might this is not going to be your favorite one because you already talked about your two f- favorites. Uh, Daniel, but what is going to be your third one you want to talk about here? Um, so I'm a guest, and I don't care if people think that I'm old, but I'm going to say it. Batman. Whoa. Ah, but see, that's before you were born. It was. So it's retro. It's not old. It's retro. But, I mean, even things like – and we've talked about this before. You know, you and I both, when we think of Star Trek, we think of Shatner. Mm-hmm. And, I, again, you know, growing up at a time where you're looking at – um, only a few channels, and you get what you get. And Batman, even though it was from years before I was born, it was one of those things that was a constant in the sense that somebody was generally replaying it, even if it was on at 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I mean, it's silly, it's fun, but it's it was superheroes on TV. Yeah. yeah. And it's serial, too. It was always, you know, tune in next time. And you're just like, oh no, you know, I, I have to, I have to watch the next one. And, and it got and you, you, got you hooked. And you never knew with the, you know, turn the next time, same bad time, since same bad channel, since it was syndication years later. Um, even <laughs> yeah. if they were back to back, especially it, if they were back time, to back. Well, but <laughs> I mean, next time could have been tomorrow, and and not the one right after. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was sometimes hit and miss on whether or not you were ever going to see the end of one of these arcs. Yeah. The cool thing about it, though, is as an adult, I'm able to watch it and enjoy the camp and the subversiveness of it. As a kid, I was able to watch it and enjoy the action and adventure of it. You know, and and 
my kids enjoy watching it and they're not realizing that they're actually seeing some, you know, an episode about college counterculture, you know, and I'm watching it and I'm like, ah, I know what I'm seeing. This is what they were actually doing. And it's still like, that's one of those really just does hold up um, because of what, what it is. Yeah. What, what I found really interesting is I'll listen to podcasts on Batman and I've heard a lot of folks who talk about, you know, when I was little, I loved Batman 66, but then Burton came along and I was like, that stuff's rubbish. I'm never going to watch it again. <laughs> but now that I'm an adult, it's really kind of smart. Oh, it's definitely smart. Yeah. Definitely. So I think it's one of those things that's kind of had an arc of popularity. We're right now with the Batman 66 comic and all the toys that they're putting out. I mean, it's like it's 66 again in many ways where it's at a height of popularity. It probably hasn't been at in years. Yeah. I just saw in the comic shop, I think it was a 24-inch super lifelike Adam West Batman. It is amazing. And you can – it comes with interchangeable hands. And you can take off the fists and put on the bat watuzi hands. Nice. <laughs> um, have you read the comic though? Have you read the Batman sixty six comic? I read the first arc, and and it was okay. I I know some of it has to do with rights, but you know I think it's Commissioner Gordon doesn't look like Commissioner Gordon, and, and I believe it's because they just didn't get the rights from the estate, and and they couldn't get the rights, and it, you know it was all right, it was enjoyable, but it. It just wasn't something that was going to hook me issue to issue. Partially because I, I, I kept comparing it to the show. Well, that's the thing. I, I have no interest in the comic because I don't think you can recapture what they did. I think you could possibly do something different. Like Batman Brave and the Bold, the cartoon show, has some of that vibe to it, but it's doing something different. They're not trying to recreate Batman 66, Batman Adam West. They're doing something different, but they they got a little bit of the vibe. With this comic book, from what I understand, it's supposed to be like, okay, these would be new episodes of Batman 66, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they're new stories for Batman 66. I don't, I'm not interested in that. And, and I'll be honest. One of the things is, you know, sometimes to me, Bruce Wayne didn't look like Adam West. But then you look at their Riddler model and it was like it was spot on. Yeah, and it was absolutely perfect. And I think just the fact that... There's some of those characters that are like absolutely spot on mixed in with some characters that don't quite look right mixed in with some characters that don't look like the TV show at all. In the end, it just kind of made my stomach hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it makes my heart hurt a little bit. Wow. All right, Steve, what's your last? I'm going to go way old school because this was my first superhero on the screen. This was my first time I saw it. A man fly, and it's the Superman from the 1950s. Um, I used to watch it at my grandma's house, um, and just marvel—no pun intended—at at the at the way that they could do this. You know, it's Superman. Bullets are bouncing off of him, and even when they throw the gun, it bounces off. Of him. You're just like, this is amazing. So you know, just the the nostalgia of it, the the uh, fun of it and the way George Reeves just made Superman come alive for me. Uh, Christopher Reeve, great look for Superman. George Reeves just had that air about him that I could believe that was Superman. 
as much as I could believe the pictures of Christopher Reeve were Superman. So, um, do, you, do you think it holds up anymore, though? It's it's difficult because there's so many cultural changes, you know, little things here and there, you know, explaining to children what a phone booth is, um, things like that. So it, it, it's difficult unless you have someone who's culturally apt. No, I mean for you. For me, I don't go back and watch them, no, because I think one of the, the best things about Superman is the villains that challenge him and push him to the point of, uh, you know, his, his utmost uh, thinking and his utmost strength. And here you had him fighting, you know, gangsters and bank robbers and stuff like that. It was much more, uh, you know, character-driven, you know, with Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and, and the, the cast was fun because it was playing off of all of them too. Um, and, you know, how he played uh, Clark Kent as well. Um, but they don't really hold up as Superman adventures. It seems like they're more, you know, later that day, Superman also did this. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I look at it and we, we have a TV network that, that plays like old school TV shows. And for a while they were showing, uh, Batman and Superman kind of back to back. And now it's just two episodes of Batman. Um, I, I, I would watch the Superman episode with my kids and I'm just like, this is really dry. This isn't yeah. really inspiring, you know? Um, and even, I remember even as a kid watching it and just being, ah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into this. It, it's, it's not that exciting. There's not much happening. And when it does happen, it's kind of slow, and you know Superman will win. There's never any doubt in your mind. They don't have any kind of villain that brings you to that edge of, oh, he could actually win. No, it just didn't happen. Well, I was um, young enough and not schooled in comic. I didn't get into comic books until I was in my teens. So, you know, having these shows come out, I'm, I'm sort of surprised that I liked them, you know, this and the, the old. Uh, Spider-Man uh, TV series, which was also a, a dry series. Um, not a lot of villains. But I'm surprised I liked them so much before I even got into comic books. Yeah. Well, and they're definitely products of their time. I mean, the Spider-Man show was a 70s uh, action show. You know, there's a lot of walking down the street and you know, the city and talking about what the problem is, you know. and. Yeah. And with Superman, definitely is a product of the time. Um, and, and you do have to give it mad props for being a precedent and an important show in the history of superheroes on TV. You do. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is basically the first superhero on TV. I, I say basically because there might have been some others before so. that, but I don't think there were. No. So, I mean, Superman, he's the first superhero cartoon you know, on the big screen. And he was, you know, one of those, um, one of those that you know, was coming along with the serials and then, uh, yep. yeah, then the TV show. So, you yeah, know, the radio show. Yeah. Although the shadow was out before him and a couple other, but uh, at that point was the shadow oh, man, a superhero shadow. or was the, the shadow more of that? He had his super host. Power. He had his superpower. So, but was he more at that point in time, was he more of the, the host character or was he more of the no he was he had his superpower 
before Superman okay. came on the scene. Yeah, because in 19, was it 37 or 38, um, Orson Welles was playing him, and he had the power to cloud men's minds. So, yes. I, I do want to throw out here real quick, because um, I want to put it on the record, because I'm a listener, as you guys know. I love what you guys are doing with the old-time radio shows. I really okay. do. I think they're fantastic. And if I was to make a request, you've just said it, Steve. I'd love to see you guys piece together two to three, maybe four episodes of The Shadow with a little bit of commentary in there. I have um, a plan for that. Excellent. I, 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 I'm not going to go into it right now because I have to research it a little bit more. But I have a plan. Well, I, I will just say as a, as a fan and listener of your show, uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll keep working on that plan. That is something we enjoy doing. I mean, it's, yeah. they're fun to do and they're fun awesome. to go back and listen to. And um, it's fun to see these beginnings of these ideas and, yeah. and you know, seeing Superman. Uh, kryptonite was a radio thing. Flying was a radio thing, I think. Yeah. He flew on the radio yeah. before he did in the comic book. Or was yeah. it Fleischer first? Um, Might have been a Fleischer cartoon first. No, before. I think the radio was before the Fleischer cartoon. Although Wait I will, a whoa, whoa. we had this didn't argument. You, I was going to say, didn't you guys have this argument at one point? No, the argument was that Jace and Steve said that Superman did not fly in the Fleischer cartoons. Right. He was jumping in them. Which, if you watch the Fleischer cartoons, I mean, you can watch it and see for yourself what's happening there. He's. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to get into the argument again, but you can decide for yourself. <laughs> Flying or jumping, um, is he? Is he? You, you decide. Go back and watch these. They're classic cartoons. You're not going to waste your time by watching one anyway. So they're short. They're classic. And it's nice yeah. to see where where things came from. Yep. So okay. So I guess it comes back to me then for my final favorite uh, superhero TV show. And again, I'm having a hard time picking one. So I'm, I've been going back and forth, and I think I'm going to go with one that's a favorite of mine, even though I didn't necessarily watch it the entire time. That's Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy Smallville, especially the early seasons. It was cool uh, to see what they were doing, and it did get kind of formulaic in there. But then every once in a while, they do something special, like bring in Aquaman. Um, or bring in Mira, you know, which was right. crazy that she was appearing on TV. Um, or bring in, uh, you know, Green Arrow, so they have that character kind of going on. And um, yeah, and the final episode of Smallville, I made, I did make sure to to catch, and I enjoyed what I was seeing. You know, they they used a lot of the Superman mythos, and they were using it from the the. Uh, the the Donnerverse, I guess we could call it the Christopher <laughs> Reeve universe. I mean, they're they're using uh, the Fortress of Solitude looks like it came from Christopher Reeve's movie, and um, they're bringing in General Zod, they're bringing in Jor El, they're bringing in all these things, and and you know, ten seasons. Superman was on TV for ten seasons on the CW. Um, that's I think more than Lois and Clark. In fact, I know more than oh, Lois yeah. and Clark. Um, yeah. But it might have even been more than George Reeves. Oh yeah, definitely. When it comes down to it, so I mean, he was there and he was in the public eye on on Smallville, 
And I did enjoy it when I would catch it, even if I didn't know exactly what was going on with all the drama and the angst for the uh, you know the B plots that were going on that were kind of continuing from episode to episode. Um, I was enjoying it, and and Tom Weller, I think his name was, or Welling, Welling. Welling. Um, I liked him a lot. Uh, I think he did a great job, and when he actually ended up putting on the suit, it worked. So, so Smallville. So um, this next section then is going to be shorter. It's going to be one third shorter because we've already gotten Steve's rant for yes. <laughs> his least favorite superhero TV show of all time, which might even fit onto his least favorite TV show of all time. I um, may have cried. I, I I did feel a little bit of you die inside, Daniel. I, I felt <laughs> I felt that happening. Um. So, Daniel, do you have a least favorite superhero TV show that you like to kind of talk about or, or throw out so, there? So I've throw under the bus. And um, I thought it was going to be anything Power Rangers. Hmm. <laughs> because I am not a Power Ranger fan. And the few moments that I've seen of the Power Rangers never made sense to me. But I'm going to take a surprising one instead since I have this time. Okay. And say... Aquaman pilot. What? It's my uh, least favorite. What are you talking about? You heard me, and you want to you want to be really angry at me, Ben Avery? Sure. <laughs> I've never seen it. So why do you say you don't like it? Because it would break my heart. <laughs> so this is like it proactive, not liking it. My heart, because they never made the show, and I've heard it's good, and I know it's going to be good. I've seen the guy in it as Green Arrow. I know he'd hold up as Aquaman. The look is right, and they never made it. So I'm just mad out of spite that they never made the show, and it's now my least favorite. Wow. It is unfortunate. But, so and I love, was, I love Aquaman. Even if it was it, a fantastic standalone thing. Which it, it comes close to being. But it's not just, as fantastic. It, that's not its purpose. Its purpose is to kick off a show that never happened and should have. But that's silly because that would be like saying uh, uh, Assignment Earth on Star Trek is a bad episode because it was supposed to kick off a, uh, a, a series. It's one of the best episodes. Steve, we've been talking for like two hours tonight, right? Yeah. Would you say that at any point in these conversations that I've at, at any point been rational? No. <laughs> Anyway, it's a different if it's it's a different thing, Steve. Because Assignment Earth, you don't have any kind of preconceived appreciation for that character, and that can just stand alone. It does have a beginning, middle, and end, even though it's a little bit open ended. With with Aquaman, yeah. As fans of the character, I mean, Daniel and I are both big fans of of the character, mm-hmm. and that's I think where it comes from is that Daniel, being a big fan of the character, here is someone kind of enticing him with what could have been and then it never it, was it, it's like a creepy van w- drove into my neighborhood and it stuck out candy called aquaman but when i got there it was just rocks i got a rock wow is all i gotta say i'm very emotional steve i don't know if you picked up on that it's a great hour of underwater fun and the stuff they set up, it could have been – it could have lasted for a long, long time. And it would have been good. It's kind of like you know with Birds of Prey. That was interesting too because they got it picked up and it was really 
they had so much potential of things they could have done. They could have brought in eventually Batman and Joker even um, depending on you know, permissions and stuff. But they were told that the, the series was going to end and they knew in enough time they were able to rewrite the end, the, the season finale to actually wrap up um, that story arc actually. So when you buy that that DVD set of Birds of Prey, you're actually getting a complete story there's some plot lines that are dangling, but and I'm not going to say it's a great ending to the story, but it's there. It's actually got you know resolution. And Aquaman, it's true. There's no resolution, unfortunately. Wow. Okay. Have you seen it, Steve? Uh, I wasn't watching Smallville at that time, so I didn't see it. Well, I mean, this was a pilot that they made that they never actually released. And right, but it was it was during that time where I wasn't watching that type of stuff on TV. Because um, so. <laughs> you had to buy it. I bought it on iTunes for $2 or something like that. And Did you? Yeah. Best $2 on a TV episode I ever spent. Now, the money I spent on the Doctor Who stuff. But it was more than $2, so it doesn't count. <laughs> um, I'm going to – you know, I'm looking through our list of, of things that we kind of threw at each other to talk about and there are a couple things on here that I could see being worst and one being like Superboy um but that was good enough that I'm not going to uh, there it had problems but uh, Mutant X was terrible. Did you guys ever watch Mutant X? I think I tried to watch it. It was like the, it was sort of like a X-Men knockoff, right? It was absolutely. It was a licensed X, I mean, a licensed Marvel property. Um, wow. And 20th Century Fox, I think, even sued Marvel over over it because it had X in the title. Um, even though it didn't use any X Men characters, it was, uh, you know, obviously meant to be, you know, capitalize on the the, the excitement that people had about X Men movie. Um, Lois and Clark, but again, that's, that's good enough to be middling. It's not terrible. See, part of my problem is, except for Aquaman, a lot of the things on the list that I might say are bad, I just haven't seen it to be able to judge it. Yeah. Now, Aquaman is completely different because I have an emotional issue. But yeah, Shazam was pretty bad when I look back at it. When I was a kid, I enjoyed it. But looking back at it, my goodness. Yeah. And I, I just can't get over the fact – when I was a kid, I didn't notice and didn't care. But I can't get over the fact now that they actually named the mentor character. Mentor. mentor. Yeah. Like, but but we Mr. Teacher universe, or Mr. English Teacher a character I, named Mentor. Is there? Yeah, it's it's Thanos's dad is Mentor. Well, I mean it's 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 like you have Doctor Octopus is named Otto Octavius. Yeah, he's going to end up being a villain who who has eight legs. <laughs> um, this is taking that one step further, you know, and it'd be like Doctor Octopus's parents is just parents just naming him. Octopus bad guy. Octopus bad guy, yeah. Um, so you know, there's some other things. You know, Spider Man was bad. Captain America. Those two TV movies were bad. But I think there's a tie here for me. And one, I'm just going to mention and then move on from. But that's Super Pup. And if you guys have ever seen Super Pup, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, and you will want to burn your <laughs> eyes to get rid of that vision. Of basically, um, I, I think it was actual like little people wearing 
regular clothes and huge animal hats yeah. or animal heads. Over it was just terrible uh, on the sets of the Superman TV show after they canceled Superman. And but I'm going to go with Swamp Thing. <laughs> you know why I'm going to go with Swamp Thing? First well, of all, I'm... when I was younger, I didn't care about Swamp Thing, and it was on cable, so I knew about it, but I never watched it. And it wasn't until later on in life, you know, when I was actually a young adult and even an adult, where I would start I started getting interested in in various, you know, genres of comic books, and one of those is the Swamp Monster. I love Swamp Monsters. I've always loved Swamp Monsters and like I said, as a young adult, I discovered Swamp Thing, the comic book, Man Thing, the comic book, The Heap. I love Swamp Monsters. <laughs> I love Swamp Monsters. I just don't know why. So I watch the TV show as an adult, hoping that it's going to be something that's just going to kind of be a diversion, a nice diversion. This thing is terrible. <laughs> this show is so bad. I I watched like four five episodes just hoping it was going to get better it didn't mm-hmm. i mean we're talking half hour tv show that was on usa uh so i i don't know why my expectations were such that i was thinking i was going to get something that i would enjoy but <laughs> oh my goodness just bad just bad some bad stuff there that's all i can say that's all i can say i i i wanted it to be good and it wasn't so. That's that. And I've never gotten a really good Swamp Monster on film. Man Thing, that movie, another no. burn your eyes after. You, I mean, I do not. I made David Clements watch Catwoman, <laughs> and now he's wanting to know the, the worst Marvel movie to watch. And I'm like, I, I told him, do not watch this movie. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and Swamp Thing movies, not very good. I just. I'm never going to get a good swamp monster. Poor thing. I'm just going to have to live with it or make my own. So. All right. Any last words? I think this was a – I think we've gone on long enough about this. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, any, anything else you want to add? Well, I, again, I'm a listener. So uh, thanks for having me on. And, and thanks, Steve. I know sometimes I probably – came out a little uh, stepping on your feet just because I'm not used to this three-man booth thing. And I get, so used to hear, I, I get used to hearing Ben talk, and then I want to tell him he's wrong and that Thor's better, Thor of the Dark World's better than Iron Man 3 all of a sudden. So, again, <laughs> thanks for having me on. It's good to have you. Yeah, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, any last words? Uh Boy, I wish I could think of any, but I'm just uh, – Shazam. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, that said then, I am going to just close things down and say thanks for listening, everyone. You can go to strangersandaliens.com to find us. You can go to welcometolevel7.com or betweendisney.com to find Daniel Butcher. And if you want to contact us, welcome to level 7. No, wait. If you want to contact us for this podcast, yeah, that would be uh, strangersandaliens.com slash – I always get this wrong. Is it feedback or contact? It's contact. Strangersandaliens.com slash contact us uh, slash uh, – may I start over? Strangersandaliens.com slash 
contact us. Where you can contact us through email, podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or you can send us a voice mail, and that number is one eight zero four thirty seven alien. That's one eight zero four three seven two five four three six. Thank you everyone for listening. Let us know what you think about heroes. Do you agree with Daniel? Do you agree with Steve? Or do you agree with me? Which I didn't even really say what I thought about the heroes, I don't think. But <laughs> um, do you agree with me just to sit down, shut up, and let the let the big boys talk? Um, and with all that said, all I can really say now is thanks for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Chasing me down with tanks I help people when I'm Hulk But I get no thanks All they see is the destruction I leave in my path I'm in deep trouble for my actions of wrath But without those stretchy pants If I got caught by those soldiers I would get charged with indecent exposure Indecent exposure, yeah You wouldn't like me when I'm angry When I get mad 
Because of this problem I've always had, I gotta take care of this problem way in advance. Where can I buy purple stretchy pants? Where can I buy purple stretchy pants? Stretchy pants, 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 purple and stretchy pants.